0: Come with me and All be my love, with the of the theater. The earth, a stage, which God and nature do with actors fill. To be or not to be I, there's the point. I compare thee to a summer's day. Wherefore means why. Welcome to an actor's Shakespeare. Opinions. Research. Findings. thought, New perspectives. old oh. Prejudices re Just the cantankerous ravings. Of an Elizabethan. Theatrical. Lunatic. lunatic. Shakespeare, from the inside out. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Unacted Shakespeare. My name is Greg Robin Smith. I am your host and commentator. Today we're going to try a new series that will be a sometime event called 140 Lines. I failed when I tried to cr- pick 140 lines from the play that we're going to be discussing today, All's Well That Ends Well, because there's simply too many juicy ones. I will therefore take 140 lines and see how Far I can get, I think I can get at least into Act Three, but it'll be barely. This is the prologue, and so here we go. All's well that ends well. The basic plot is this: boy does not love girl, but girl loves boy. Boy tries to leave. Girl cures the king of a sickness. The king promises the girl anything he wants. Excuse me, anything she wants. She wants the boy. The king says, "Boy, you will marry the girl." The boy says, "No." The king says, "Yes." The boy says, "No." The king says, "Yes." The boy says, "No." The king says. Do you want to die? The boy says yes. But they get married, and then, poof, he says, I'm going, and she can have me as her husband when she takes this ring from my hand and is pregnant with my child. Goodbye. And off he goes to war. She's crushed, but, of course, she's a clever girl, and what we see is her pursuing him and doing what they call a bed trick and getting him to think that she is somebody else that he does want, he sleeps with her, gets her pregnant, and gives her the ring to boot. So she satisfies the need of his little challenge, and poof, all is relatively happy. This is considered a problem play because it doesn't really all end all that happy, but it's an interesting play, and I found some things that actors would really like to do. This is the end of the prologue, and on to Act 1. The time is now 2 minutes and 24 seconds. We begin... With the cast, the King of France, the Duke of Florence, Bertram, who is the love object, the few, an old lord and brave knight, Paroles, a very bad character, and some other people, a lavache, a clown, a page, uh, the Countess of Rossillon, which is the mother of Bertram, Helena, who is the orphan daughter of the Countess's physician, and various other people. Here we have the first line Countess. What hope is there of his majesty's amendment the few the old knight he hath abandoned his physicians madam under whose practices he hath persecuted time with hope and finds no other advantage in the process but only the losing of hope by time now notice in these first lines they're not in iambic pentameter; they're not in verse they're just speeches but and notice also the reflective words here that has persecuted time with hope and finds no other advantage in the process but only the losing of hope by time. You'll see this type of reflective verse oftentimes in Shakespeare. Bertram. What is it, my good lord, the king languishes of? Lefieux. A fistula, my lord. A fistula may sound really bad. What it really is is an ulcer. That kind of sets up the king is really sick. Nobody can cure him. But remember... The woman who would marry Bertram is the daughter of a great physician who has recently passed away. The few, as uh, the Countess describes the passed away physician and the woman Helena is in tears. The few, your commendations, madam, get from her tears. Countess, tis the best brine a maiden can season her praise in, the remembrance of her father never approaches her heart but the tyranny of her sorrows, takes all livelihood from her cheek. No, no more of this, Helena. Go to no more. Lest be rather thought you affect of sorrow than to have. Helena, I do affect a sorrow indeed, but I have it too. A few. Moderate lamentation is the right of the dead, excess of grief, the enemy to the living. I'm going to stop a second and comment notice the one this the beauty of this line about tears tis the brine a maiden can season her praise in tis the best brine the remembrance of her father never approaches her heart but the tyranny of her sorrows takes all livelihood from her cheek i have lost beloved people in my life and indeed the sorrow does drain the blood from one's face drains the blood from one's heart very accurately said. But notice, too, the admonition to not let sorrow take over your life. Moderate lamentation is the right of the dead. Excessive grief, the enemy to the living. You see the same type of line in Hamlet when Claudius the king admonishes Hamlet to, please, get over the fact that your father's dead. Like, that's easy to do. But it is a trope. That is oftentimes used. Continuing, Uh, Bertram is about to leave, and so his mother, the countess, says, Be thou blessed, Bertram, and succeed thy father in manners as in shape. Thy blood and virtue contend for empire in thee, and thy goodness share with thy birthright. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none, be able for thine enemy rather than in power than use and keep thy friend under thy own life's key Be checked for silence, but never taxed for speech, What heaven more will that thee may furnish, and my prayers plucked down, fall on thy head. Farewell, my lord, tis an unseasoned courtier, good my lord, advise him. And few. he cannot want the best that shall attend his love. That's an interesting line, rather body too if one would to interpret that way, and keep thy friend under thy own life's key. Perchance, that means don't mess around. Maybe, maybe not. Do you think that's possible in Shakespeare? Yes. Also notice the type of advice that she gives. Contend for empire in thee and thy goodness. Share with thy birthright. In other words, keep track of who your reputation. Love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. Does it sound like Polonius in Hamlet with Toon. Uh, not to my own self be true to his son Laertes. Next we have something rather odd happen here. Peroles enters the bad guy, and Helena, the the female lead, is going to describe him, and then they're going to have a tete-a-tete. They're going to have a basic, what I consider a Abbott and Costello moment, where it's somewhat like who's on first? No, who's on second? That type of back and forth, and it's about virginity, which we see this in Midsummer Night's Dream when one of the lovers who is hated by the man that she loves uh, is questioned by him. He says you, uh, that you have your virginity and I'm not going to take it. He says, oh, it's only because of your virtue. This is kind of body. And when you think that they're portraying a woman and a man, especially a virginal woman in that era, in that, era that she is talking about her virginity on stage, legs splayed, saucy, but of course it's a man playing her so this obviously had a visual funniness to it but enter parole and helena says one that goes with him meaning with her love bertram i love him for his sake and yet i know him a notorious liar think him a great way fool solely a coward yet these fixed evils sit so fit in him that they take place when virtue's steely bones look bleak in the cold wind Withal, full oft we see cold wisdom waiting on superfluous folly. Save you, fair queen. And you, monarch. No. And no. Are you meditating on virginity? Aye. You have some stain of soldier in you. Let me ask you a question. Man is enemy to virginity. How may we barricado it against him? Keep him out. Ha, ha, ha. But he assails and our virginity, though valiant in the defence yet is weak. Unfold to us some warlike resistance. There is none. Man sitting down before you will undermine you and blow you up. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha! Bless our poor virginity from underminers and blowers up. Is there no military policy how virgins might blow up men? (laughs) Ha, ha, ha! Virginity being blown down, man will quickly be blown up. Mary, in blowing him down again with a breach yourselves made you lose your city. "'It is not politic in the commonwealth of nature to preserve virginity. "'Loss of virginity is rational increase, "'and there was never virgin got till virginity was first lost. <laughs> "'That you were made of its metal to make virgins. "'Virginity, by once being lost, made ten times found. "'By being ever kept is ever lost.' tis too cold a companion away with it, I will stand for it a little, though therefore I die a virgin that is just strikes me as a very odd scene, but that's possibly why it's so funny because of course humour is made from opposites. A little later in Act One scene one, we have Helena and parolees again bantering, Helena, Monsieur Peroles, you were born under a charitable star under Mars I I especially think under Mars. Why, under Mars? The wars have so kept you under that you must needs be born under Mars. When he was predominant. When he was retrograde, I think rather. Why think you so? You go so much backward when you fight. <laughs> Real crowd killer. Here in Act One, Scene Two, we have the war starting up, and the king, still sickly, is commenting on how brave Bertram's father was. Who were below him, he used his creatures of another place and bowed his eminent top to their low ranks, making them proud of his humility, and their poor praise he humbled. We see this in Henry V, when he is out amongst his men, so they could get a touch of Harry in the night. We see this too, in the mocking sense of Richard the Third, when he accepts the crown insisted upon by his stooges, but pretending to be humble. Oh, if you insist, I'll take it. But in this case, evidently, Bertram's father was genuinely humble, as well as a great warrior. A little later, the king continues, I after him, do after him wish too, since I nor wax nor honey can bring home. I quickly were dissolved from my hive to give some laborers room. So he's saying, basically, he's quick to death. He's soon going to die. So we have that fully established. Act 1, scene 3, we see the countess talking to Lavatch. That's her clown, her servant. And she asks him to send in Helen. But she says it this way. "Sir, I'll tell my gentlewoman I would speak with her. Helen, I mean. Then Lavatch responds with, basically, something as a takeoff from Dr. Faustus. Was this fair face the cause, quoth she... Why, the Grecians sacked Troy. Found, done, done, found, Was this King Priam's joy. With that she sighed, as she stood, With that she sighed, as she stood, And gave this sentence then, Among nine bad, if one be good, Among nine bad, if one be good, There is yet one good in ten! Ha, ha, ha! These are body things indeed, And yet we see a reflection in Richard the Second, where Richard is lamenting the fact that whereas some people have good fortune one in ten or one in twenty he has not one in ten thousand. Act two scene one, Helena is now confronting the king saying, I can cure you. She says, but no, I think and think I know most sure. My art is not past power, no you past cure. Again we have that reflective, but no, I think and think I know. Helena ends her plea by risking her life. Sweet practiser, thy physic I will try that ministers thine own death if I die. Next episode, we will get into what she is able to extract from the king for saving his life. As it is oftentimes said, be careful what you ask for, for you may very well get it. We will return to this 140 lines at a time of All's Well That Ends Well in one of our future podcasts. Thank you very much for your time. These are the end credits for An Actor's Shakespeare. My name is Greg Robin Smith. Thank you for listening. Rule number one, 15 minutes or less. Rule number two, no more than 1.5 subjects per podcast. Number three, there will be advertising. Number four, I will do my best never to waste your time. Number five, I will be mad. As As passionate. Number six, I will fail. Number seven, (laughs) Special thanks to Aaron Ziegler of InYourEarShakespeare.com and especially ChopBar.com, the best Shakespeare commentary podcast out there. He produces these shows. Have Give, Give me you your hands if we be, hands be friends, friends and Robin, Robin shall restore amends. amends.